You have found Behind the Lines for NFL Week 16, presented by BetMGM, part of the Lines Podcast Network. My name is Steven Andrus, managing editor at thelines.com, joined each and every week on this show by the trading manager over at BetMGM, Christian Cipollini. In this episode, we will look at the biggest public wins, the biggest public losses from Week 15 in the NFL. And then we will look ahead to the early week lines and totals over at BetMGM for Week 16. We'll also share some behind-the-scenes insights from the book from Christian's team. And one more look at the NFL MVP market at the end of the show when we get to the big Christmas night showdown between the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. First of all, Christian, how are you, sir? Tough one today <laughs> coming off yeah, the Yeah, you're the Eagles one. fan, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a tough one for me. But on the flip side, uh, from the book's perspective, that was a perfect outcome was was last night. I get the sense that uh, some of these other road favorites throughout the year are typically good outcomes for you when they lose outright. Yeah, yeah, and especially on this one, we kind of needed this to uh, turn the weekend around. Uh, and yeah, big Monday night primetime game going our way was was much needed. Overall, public win or public loss in Week 15? Uh, over, overall, I, technically it's going to be a public loss. From the books side, it ends up being a winning week off of last week, but there was definitely some games where the public won. What were some of those? Let's start with the positive here for the public. Yeah, I mean, we were... We were we were in a tough spot almost because all the games, all the big games didn't go our way uh, okay. on Sunday. So Kansas City was one uh, and then the Dolphins another. And then even into Monday night, Baltimore uh, winning pretty easily over Jacksonville. Those were the three biggest ones on Sunday that we needed and all three went the public swipe. Fair enough. How about the flip side here? You mentioned the Eagles. What were some of the other big public losses from week 15? Yeah, there wasn't too, too many. The Eagles was obviously a very big one. We were really, really lopsided on taking Eagles money there. Um, but the Panthers winning outright was was a nice one for us. Um, and then on the flip side, too, uh, the the Bears was ended up being a decent result, too. Fair That's enough. I do want... There wasn't too, too many. Uh, the Saints yeah. upsetting the Giants was another one. We actually had ended up having a decent amount of Giants money. So that was Oh, one. man. Tommy DeVito fever over there yeah yeah public was eating that up this week also the saints really i guess hadn't looked too good and i guess and whatever it was yeah tommy devito fever i guess a nice reminder for the giants fans that he's still a third string quarterback playing in the nfl so keep that in mind the uh the other question i wanted to ask you was with that monday night game with the eagles i mean the, the 90 minutes before the game when you're looking at the spread was kind of wild because you have Geno Smith warming up, and then he's not on the inactives, and then it turns out it is still going to be Drew Locke. So, like when when you're you're and you're at your highest limits at that point, close to kickoff. So, how much of the number batting around between three and four and a half, and you know coming back the other way? How much of that was you guys just reacting to the bets that you were taking, and how much of it was you guys adjusting based on the latest news of the quarterback situation? Yeah, that last time was a really unique situation and, and pretty rare for that to happen where we were 30, 40 minutes, even 20 minutes before game time, still really not sure who, who the starting quarterback was. Uh, I mean, for us at that point, we were pretty much waiting both quarterbacks pretty similar. Gino being pretty banged up to the point that he's that questionable where you're really not sure he's playing versus like a full healthy Drew Locke just 
kind of kept it pretty similar at that point. You knew you're also getting a, a, a sick Jalen Hurts playing. So trying to just use all the information we could at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I, this one was unique. If it was like a really, really big drop off from from starter to QB, it would have been a lot harder to try to figure out what we were going to do at that point. But made it a little easier that they were kind of closely rated. And as it turned out, it didn't matter whatsoever because all Eagles bets lost <laughs> last night. So there you go. Yeah. In the yeah. end, it didn't even matter with all that drama. But I at least wanted to get your perspective on it because I, I agree. It was a, one of the more unique pregame quarterbacks uh, situations we've seen. We haven't really seen teams go with that level of gamesmanship uh, with keeping a quarterback active that was never going to play. So a uh, very interesting situation that Pete Carroll presented to the betting market on Monday Night Football. Let's look ahead now to week 16 in the NFL. And the early week spreads and totals over at BetMGM. We have four games of football again this week with some Saturday games, but we'll start with Thursday Night Football here, Christian. Yeah, Thursday night we get... Saints at the Rams. Right now the Rams are four-point home favorites with a 44.5-point total. My first reaction to this one was um, that's a lot of points for the Rams. And to me it indicates quite the upgrade in their rating overall in the betting market for the Rams to be this big of a favorite at this point. Um, That doesn't mean I'm running to the window to bet the Saints, though, because this team is – just confounding to me one week they're killing bad teams and the other they you know can't find their way into the end zone with the red zone and Derek Carr is getting murdered and hit every which way and dumping it off to Alvin Kamara so like I don't I don't know what team you're going to get week in and week out with the New Orleans Saints so just numerically it looks like a lot of points for the Rams but I I still need to look into this a little more I would say it's never the Rams for me at four uh, but I'm considering the four on the Saints and I do want to look a little further into the total here. Perfect conditions, dome environment, um, over under only in the mid-40s here. And a Saints defense that has kind of showed that, depending on the level of offense they're playing, um, may not be as good of a defense as we all thought. So um, haven't made a decision yet, but that's kind of where my head's at here early in the week on Thursday Night Football. Two Saturday games, Christian, on the eve of Christmas Eve. Yep, yeah, we got Bengals at the Steelers. Bengals are two-and-a-half road favorites and a 38-point total. And then Bills Chargers, where Bills are 11-and-a-half-point road favorites with a 42-and-a-half-point total. And just a programming note for everybody, even though last week's games on Saturday were on NFL Network, the first game this Saturday, the Bengals-Steelers game, will be on NBC, and then the late game is exclusively on Peacock, so... Sorry, you're going to have to subscribe to yet another streaming service to watch uh, the NFL this week. So keep that in mind for week 16. Um, Don't have much to add here other than just a quick follow-up here on the Bills Chargers spread, Christian. This has come back down a little bit, right? You have actually gotten some Chargers interest from Sunday night and Monday on this one, I believe. Yeah, uh, a little bit surprising. Yeah, this was at 13, um, so a little bit shocked to see that come down. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure where that's coming from, but yeah, we've, we've taken a little action to send us that way. I mean, sometimes you get that, right, when the spread's as big as that in, a, in an NFL game. Um, Bills are still in desperation mode. They have to win, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win by two touchdowns. 
I don't know what you're going to get from the Chargers with their coach fired and an interim coach. I literally had to Google and figure out who he was. Never heard of him, uh, despite how much I cover the NFL and follow it. Um, don't know if Keenan Allen's playing. Saw enough of Easton Stick to know that he's not very good. I don't. I don't. I don't know what you want me to tell you about this one to all the folks out there <laughs> yeah. looking for a yeah. bet for Bills and Chargers. So, um, you know, maybe if it gets down to. 11 and a half. I might consider an unorthodox teaser to get the bills down to five and a half. We'll see. We'll see if we get to that point. I don't know, but yeah, that's, that's about the extent I can go there. Let's, let's move forward here to Sunday, Christmas Eve, Christian, and a pretty decent slate of games here, starting with the one o'clock window. Yeah. Colts, Falcons, Colts are two point road favorites with a 44 point total. Seahawks, Titans, Seahawks are two and a half point road favorites with a 42 and a half point total. Lions-Vikings, Lions are three-point road favorites with a 47-point total. Commanders-Jets, Jets are three-point home favorites with a 38-point total. Packers-Panthers, Packers are four-and-a-half-point road favorites with a 36-and-a-half-point total. And last of the one o'clocks, Browns-Texans, where Texans are two-and-a-half-point home favorites with a 42-point total. Let's start with that Texans game, and often we talk about when you're making a spread early in the week, when you have some uncertainty with the quarterback situation, CJ Stroud was out last week with a concussion for the Texans. Typically we don't see as many concussions this year, keeping guys out for multiple weeks, especially if they are not a guy who's had multiple concussions in a short amount of time, which is not the case with CJ Stroud. So is this spread still hovering somewhere in the middle, or are we pretty much at the C.J. Stroud number, in your opinion? Uh, a little bit in the middle, but we're pretty close to the number. I, I think with C.J., it's not going to go more than three and a half, so it's only going to be a one-point move, in my guess, uh, if we do get Stroud. So I think it's mostly assuming that he's going to play, um, but there's still a little wiggle room that it can move. That that's what I thought when I looked at it. I'm glad that you confirmed that. I just my subjective personal opinion here, just with the way the markets have moved this season, it still wouldn't surprise me once the Stroud news is official that this moves again off some Texans interest and we and we get the three here. I, it's surprising to me that sometimes it, people in the market seems to wait till the official news to do it. Um, and then you're getting the worst of the number at that point, especially now when a half point move gets you to the key number of three. So yeah. I'm thinking long and hard about um, just taking the Texans here at minus two and a half based on some what I think is going to be some decent closing line value here to that key number. The other thing I'll mention, too, in this game, I have bet the over. Um, Christian, you said it's 42 and a half. Is that where 42 we're at? And a half, yeah. Yeah. So under that kind of keyish number of 43 for over unders and two reasons for that. Uh, one, we're in a dome. Actually, three reasons. One, we're in a dome. Two, the Browns with Joe Flacco at quarterback have become extremely pass-heavy. Stefanski has shown a lot of trust in him. And the Browns' defense has not traveled well. It seems that their splits home versus away have not been um, have been pretty stark. So if Stroud's in this game, I, th I think we get two teams that are, you know, really needing a win to kind of secure some playoff position here to stay alive if you're the Texans. Uh, and, and you're going to get kind of their best effort from both of these teams. So I think both defenses uh, could potentially be scored on here. So I like the over in that one as well. Um, you mentioned the Lions-Vikings game. I did take Lions minus three here. Really just kind of selling high the Vikings off of that game they had on Saturday. Um, 
they they were pretty fortunate, in my opinion, to even get to overtime. You know, I know that Mullins had probably the worst interception that you will ever see, but some of the throws he had were like millimeters away from being deflected or intercepted as well and wound up going for long touchdowns instead. I don't think that's very repeatable. You get golf on the road here, but it's in a dome environment. I think the Lions have figured things out here. I'm, I'm happy to take the Lions here against Nick Mullins, who I thought was pretty fortunate to not have just a catastrophe of a game against the Bengals, um, against a bad defense of the Bengals as well. Um, Seattle Seahawks, Christian on the road against Tennessee. Same question with the quarterbacks here. You know, it seemed like Geno was, and maybe it was totally all gamesmanship, but are we in between here on this number as well, whether Geno's going to play or whether it's another Drew Locke game? This is assuming that Geno plays. Um, same thing. Maybe there's a chance it goes to three uh, when we get the official news, but this is pretty much, yeah, the, the, the assumption. If he was that close on Monday night, you'd assume he'd be back. Uh, Good to know. Week. Good to know. Last question for you in this window. Colts, Falcons, we get the news that Taylor Heineke is starting for the Falcons. Any difference for you guys at the book when it's Ritter versus Heineke? Uh, no, there was really not much of a change. A lot of that just stems from their offense. Doesn't really seem to matter which quarterback is in. They don't use their skill players. Yeah. Well, you're, you sound like, uh, every fantasy football player <laughs> who had B. John Robinson and got knocked out of the playoffs yeah. this past week. We, <laughs> we feel for you. I understand and I get it. And it's, we need to get this man fired as quickly as possible. Art Smith needs to go just for all of our mental health and well-being moving forward, including you Falcons fans. We hear you and we get it and we're sorry. All right, let's move ahead out to the uh, the late window on Sunday on Christmas Eve here, Christian. Early week spreads and totals at BetMGM. Yeah, Jags, Bucks. Uh, right now we have this as a pick em, uh with a 43-point total. Cardinals, Bears. Bears are four-and-a-half-point home favorites with a 44-and-a-half-point total. Uh, the big one in the 4 o'clock window is Cowboys-Dolphins, where Dolphins are one-and-a-half-point home favorites with a 51-point total. Let's start with that big game between the Cowboys and the Dolphins. We've already been talking about how you guys will sometimes set a number in the middle if there's QB uncertainty. I'm curious if you will do the same when there's a player and a weapon of Tyreek Hill's caliber. Will you do the same with the spread of maybe put that in the middle a little bit? And is that the case here? This one will definitely move towards the Dolphins if we get Tyreek Hill's confirmed playing, I'd imagine for sure. Um, this to me looks like it's, almost factoring as if maybe there's some doubt that he'd be playing. That's just my guess of where this is. Um, but yeah, Tyree kills a little bit of a different uh, animal this year where he's almost getting quarterback heavy uh, play when he's out uh, line difference. I mean, when he's out. Yeah, just, and this is just my opinion. When that line movement comes, I will probably be betting on Dallas in this game because any more line movement here. If you take away, like for me, I only give a point and a half or two on home field. Other people will disagree with that. Some books and odds makers will disagree with that. Um, but that, to me, based on what I give home field, would imply the Dolphins are the same, if not a little bit better than the Dallas Cowboys. And despite looking terrible against Buffalo last week, I'm not ready to conclude that about the Miami Dolphins. They need to show that they can beat one of the better teams in the NFL, and they have not done that. Meanwhile, Dallas already beat the Eagles, should have beaten them twice. Um, so they at least have that in their column. I think this is a potential bounce-back spot for the Cowboys. Matchup-wise, the Dolphins have some offensive line concerns. They went into that game last week against the Jets, having four of their five offensive linemen banged up and on the injury report. Didn't matter because they're playing the Jets. 
uh, but it potentially will matter here against Micah Parsons and that Dallas pass rush. So um, I will be interested in the Cowboys here, but I have not bet it yet, and I'm waiting for the best of the number because of exactly what Christian just said. I, I think we probably get Tyree Kill back for this one, and then we get some Dolphins money to move this line towards uh, towards Miami. Um, one more QB question for you, Christian. The Jacksonville Jaguars game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is not like the C.J. Stroud situation where it's the second week off a concussion. This is the first week for Trevor Lawrence into a concussion protocol, which means we really have no idea if he's going to play or not. And I'm guessing we're smack dab in the middle here on, on this line. Yeah, and if anything, I'd actually say it's a little bit more towards the fact that Trevor Lawrence probably is less likely to play in this one. Mm. Or it's reading out that way. Uh, it would definitely be the Jags. Jags would have definitely been favored had Trevor Lawrence been, you know, good, cleared, good to go, no concussion. If he doesn't play, would you be surprised if this gets all the way to Bucks minus three? I'd be surprised if it gets all the way to Bucks minus three. Yeah, but I, I, Bucks would certainly go back to being favored. But I think we'd just get under there. Probably two and a half is probably where it would end up. Man, that's that's going to make things really interesting in the AFC South if Lawrence doesn't play with the, what is currently a three-way tie in the win-loss column uh, between the Jags, Colts, and the Houston Texans. Um, all right, Christian, let's move ahead now to Christmas. And Monday, we have a triple header of games starting with 1 o'clock. There's a 4.30 and also an 8.15 on, on Monday on Christmas. Yeah, we did skip uh, Sunday night. Um, oh, Sunday apologies. Night. Yeah, let's do yeah. that first. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, it's not a great one. Uh, Patriots at the Broncos. Broncos are six and a half point home favorites with a 34 and a half point total, the lowest of the weekend. Uh, and then into that Monday, or into the Christmas Day Monday, uh, we have Raiders Chiefs at one o'clock. Chiefs are 10 point home favorites with a 41 and a half point total. Giants at the Eagles. Eagles are 10 and a half point home favorites with a 43 point total. And then the big one, uh, Monday night, Ravens at the 49ers. Or 49ers are five-and-a-half-point home favorites with a 46-point total. Yeah, maybe that's just my subconscious saying you really shouldn't be betting on Patriots and Broncos on Sunday <laughs> night. Just enjoy Christmas Eve with your family and, and move on. But I will say that uh, we're at six-and-a-half now. If this somehow gets to seven, I'm probably going to have to bet on the Patriots. Uh, there is some potential weather here, maybe a snow game in Denver. Go check out Mo Noir's weather report on thelines.com to get the latest on that. Uh, but seven here would be a lot. I don't think the Patriots have quit yet, and I'm willing to back them in spreads like this where they're not facing a high-powered offense where they could potentially can keep it close at least. So um, if you got the best of the number last week, you got a push with the Patriots losing by 10 to the Chiefs a week ago. Don't have much to add here for Raiders Chiefs. Um, you know, Raiders coming off a, just another worldly performance for them against a bad opponent. How much of that is really predictive when you face the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't think very much. So it's a big number for the Chiefs to cover here. So I, I'm curious that the rest of our staff, I'll be listening to our other shows to see if they're going to have any interest in Raiders and Chiefs. It would probably only be, uh, I don't even want to say only Raiders because I hate betting teams when they have such a great performance and then. You know, you're probably not getting a great price after they scored 63 points the week before. Giants and Eagles waiting on the Eagles injury report, but um, despite the losing streak for the Eagles, we know that the Giants have trouble facing the the higher echelon teams in their division and really even staying competitive. So, but this is not a price break for the Eagles whatsoever. This was ten and a half on the look ahead, and we're still sitting at ten and a half. So, 
Um, I'm curious to see which way this line moves, if any. And lastly, with the the Ravens and the 49ers, got to check the injury report for the 49ers. They had some guys banged up on the defensive side of the ball. Let's see if they get those guys back. If healthy, I would probably be interested in the 49ers here. I thought the Ravens were pretty fortunate to have a lot of mistakes from Jacksonville a week ago. Uh, They lose their... They're a great offensive weapon in Keaton Mitchell in the backfield. So now they're down to Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. So I'm I'm curious what we get here in terms of the line. Um, but if this starts moving towards six and I can still grab one of the five or five and a halves, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to do that with the 49ers. And let's wrap up here, Christian, with a quick comment on the NFL MVP race. Right now, Brock Purdy has moved to favored over the field. It is minus money for Brock Purdy to win MVP. So my question to you is they are currently five point favorites against the Baltimore Ravens. If he wins this game, is it already wrapped up in your mind? Uh, yeah, most likely. And that's where the, the MVP market would sit. Um, it's just 10, you know, the one seed and he Brock has all the quarterback numbers. This is just usually the way it goes. So yeah, I, I would, I'd imagine it's pretty much wrapped up if, especially if it's like Brock had a good, passing game if it's a McCaffrey you know run game maybe there's a chance that it could be a toss-up between those two but at this point it's it's pretty much Brock's Brock's uh MVP to lose yeah they have a one game lead over the Cowboys and the 49ers I'm sorry the Cowboys and the Eagles but they have the head-to-head over the Cowboys and the Eagles so it's really a game and a half lead for the Niners so even if they lose this game they're still going to get the one seed most likely with how easy their schedule is the rest of the way. The real question I have for you, Christian, is if Lamar Jackson wins this game over Brock Purdy, are you of the belief that – now, I, I think Lamar Jackson's going to move pretty high up the rankings board here, the the, the odds board here. Um, he might even become co-favorite type situation here because the Ravens will be the one seed in the AFC. But he doesn't have the numbers of these other quarterbacks like Brock and Dak Prescott or even Josh Allen. Um, I, I'm safe. I feel like I'm safe in assuming Jalen Hurts is eliminated at this point. So I think it's a, a four quarterback race here. Uh, I don't think Christian McCaffrey's really in the mix here unless you get kind of like the weird situation where Purdy has like no touchdown passes and McCaffrey has like three touchdowns rushing in this game. Maybe that opens the door for him. But I think you're threading a needle there with Christian McCaffrey the rest of the way. So if Lamar Jackson upsets Brock Purdy on Christmas night, who is most likely to win MVP the rest of the way, in your opinion? Then it would get very, very interesting because the way that it, the vibe seems to be is that unless like they don't really necessarily want to give it to Brock Purdy but at this point if he wins this game there'd be no question yeah, what there choice? would be pretty yeah yeah they'd have no choice if suddenly Lamar wins this game they're the one seed uh it'll make the voters have a lot of different questions and i think Lamar would definitely have a shot at that point um and again it would depend on the how that game is played if the 49ers get you know beat pretty good uh then it would be tough for Brock Purdy to then get votes, and then it's really, really wide open. So it'll be interesting. I, I feel like at this point we're pretty much down to this game is actually going to be very significant for the MVP. Um, if it is Lamar, maybe he's going to have a chance, but you're right. He doesn't have the full season numbers, so it's still going to be – he's still going to be having to try to make his case through the rest of the season too. So this this is my opinion of it. 
if listen, Brock's probably going to win. They're five five and a half point favorite. But if if Brock loses and Lamar wins, I don't think Lamar just automatically coasts to the MVP at that point. No. I think what that does is open it up for the other guys and for Lamar to still win it. In my opinion, because his numbers aren't anywhere near these other quarterbacks. I think Lamar needs to beat Brock, and I think Dak Prescott needs to lose to Miami or Detroit, and I think Josh Allen needs to lose to Miami and and at the end of the season and not make the playoffs. I think Lamar needs all of those things to happen for him to win MVP with the the stats that aren't anywhere near these other guys. So to me, the more likely situation, if Lamar upsets Brock, is that the door is still open for Dak Prescott because he has the numbers that are closest to Brock Purdy, and we've already heard people as highly touted as Peter King say that they don't need Brock per- or they don't need Dak Prescott to win the division for him to win MVP. And Dak still has two high-profile games left against Miami and Detroit. If he tears it up in those two games, then all might be forgotten of the Buffalo loss, if, especially if Brock Purdy takes an L against Baltimore. So, and we know that there's a bunch of people in the media who like Dak who would be clamoring to give it to him. So, um, and I, I don't, Christian, I think Josh Allen might still be a finalist too. If he wins out, I'm just not sure he can win. Uh, but I think he might be a finalist if he wins out. Yeah. If they didn't lose some of those games early, he'd, he'd be up here too in the conversation. I think that's some of it. And then the point to Dak too. Uh, I mean, the Eagles losing last night, if they drop another one in the Dak, then the Cowboys end up winning the division with that two seed. He'll with his numbers, He'd certainly have a chance, you know, say the Ravens win this week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and my last piece of advice for everybody, like looking at this market, um, and again, Brock wins, it's over, whatever, move on. But if, if Brock loses, your opinion, my opinion, Christian's opinion, doesn't matter. Like we are at the near the finish line here with an award, and when you're betting awards – your opinions don't matter. What matters is what other people who have votes and influence in the NFL, that's what you should be listening to. So if you're hearing a lot of talk on the airwaves about a certain guy more than the others, then you should be paying attention to that at that point, because this is as subjective as it gets. Like there are, there are people who have votes for these awards who aren't anywhere near as in-depth with it on a week-to-week basis as we are or as you are the audience. So keep that in mind. Like you have to understand the electorate that's involved here that actually makes the choices for these awards. And we're at the point now where your opinion of whether a player should win or not doesn't matter. What matters is what you're hearing in the market from people in the media, whether they're writers, whether they're TV personalities, etc. That's what you should be listening to most at this point. But Brock Purdy's probably going to win. anyway christian as always fantastic insight greatly appreciate it each and every week for the rest of you be sure to check out the lines us on youtube if you're not already if you're listening on the audio side go over to the lines us on youtube we're making a push towards fifty thousand subscribers by the end of the football season if we do we are going to have a massive giveaway so be sure to head over there and if you're on the audio side a five-star review we, we really appreciate that as well, just as a a nice gesture for all the content we're putting out for you guys each and every day here on the podcast feed. This has been Behind the Lines, presented by BetMGM. For Christian Cipollini, I'm Steven Andrus. Best of luck with your bets in week number 16.